Before we begin, this episode makes a few references to alcohol. This discussion is as part of sustainability and not about consumption, but we wanted to make listeners aware. Hi, this is Courtney Brandt, and you're listening to CSR of One from Amaya FM. We're a social media initiative focused on asking people to use their platforms for others. To share ideas, we've been interviewing people in the community to see how they are involved. Over the last two years, plastic, single-use plastic in particular, has been getting a lot of attention in Dubai. With a countrywide campaign to reduce the use of plastic straws and restaurants focusing on reducing plastic cutlery. And yet the problem itself seems intimidating. Pictures of sea animals entangled in plastic, the news of the blue whale with almost 40 kilograms of plastic in its stomach continue to surface. Today's guest, Joseph Swords, works with one organization that actually looks to tackle that problem while tapping into a popular hobby in Dubai, diving. Joe is a recent expat to Dubai, having moved here two years ago. People warned him that he wouldn't find sustainable living very easy in the city but his experience didn't match those warnings. When I came out to Dubai, um, I was actually quite pleasantly surprised to find there is a real, sort of, because I think it's so, there's so many different cultures here and people who have traveled so much and experienced sort of different situations in their own personal life. There are actually a lot of people and, and a lot of businesses who are increasingly becoming aware of the importance of sort of sustainable issues. Um, but it's, you know, it's difficult when you've got um, a society that's driven so much by convenience and by materialism. And the fact we have to import so much here because we are in the middle of a desert at the end of the day. To be honest, I think the UAE government have done quite a lot on focusing on food security with that. So then, um, okay, so you, you get here and then I guess because there's a lot of different organizations that you can be involved with, what specifically um, drew you to Astrak? My partner and I scuba dive, um, and I think we went out into Oman, and the diving was, was much better than it was locally here, which is understandable because you've got so much construction here. And then as we came in, noticed the, the, the huge amount of plastic in the sea, and the fact that the guys on the boat were using plastic water bottles, chucking their cigarettes off the edge. I thought, man, we've got to do more. We've got to do more than just cut down ourselves. We've got to try and spread that message. So, so education being a key component, in addition to clean up, to, to try and inform others. And Natalie at Azraq is really good at that. I, I always feel guilty because I'm, I'm so in and out of the country with my job that, that on the fleeting weekends and stuff that I am here, I kind of can't arrange things so short notice. Um, she does an amazing job on that. And then within the business, it's funny, once you start having those conversations and start applying it, and you just make those small changes, you suddenly find common ground with other people and you create a really nice synergy. So there's a guy in the warehouse at MMI who's just been quietly getting on and he's testing an amazing product at the moment in the trucks that they use. So he's reduced his not, uh, nitrous oxide emissions by 25%, CO2 emissions and sulfur dioxide. It's really cool. And then you start, and then somebody else said to me, oh, you're a real tree hugger. You're like, everyone's told me about this stuff. You I see that as a compliment, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. I've had worse insults. With your work so far, your volunteering so far, do you have any kind of favorite memories or any days that really stick out to you as either 
good or bad, um, either contributions or something you learned. We did a cleanup from off the beach in zero gravity. I'm there at 7.30 in the morning, not because I've fallen asleep the night before. but On a lounger, yeah. <laughs> because I'm sad enough to go in. And, and the first dive that I did was really disappointing because you just couldn't see anything. There's no visibility. So it was really difficult. And the plastic that was in the sea was so broken up and so disappointing. And the second time we came back, there was so much more in there. So we were able to clean heaps. And when we came out, because when you go into the water and dive, you're in the water before anyone else is there. I hadn't realized there were um, through Divers Down, Divers Down um, and Paddy run this project aware. So they get, they do monthly cleanups. And there was about 60, 70, 80 people. It's an amazing thing to do because you get you can count it as a dive, which means you don't have to pay for a fresher dive if you've got a bit of a gap. So for the, the kind of enthusiast, for somebody who's got 100 dives, for somebody who's got 10 dives, it's kind of open for everyone to kind of... It, it also makes you incredibly grateful for the other dives you do, because if you dive off zero gravity, you see nothing. Visibility of... <laughs> yeah, although I did <laughs> manage to pull a bit of plastic out of a fish as it was about to eat it when I was there, which was a bit of a... Um, which you forget. Like, it's very easy to see the pictures and then think, oh, but that is actually what is happening on a massive scale. So, yeah, just for me, we're seeing that Sunday morning, 80 people probably on the beach. And, and it's just when you see that sort of thing happen and then ASRAC are doing more and more to get more corporates involved, you realize you're not alone. It can sometimes feel like your effort doesn't make very much difference. I mean, I'm just thinking now because I've never done a beach cleanup and that's on me. But if I went to the beach and I filled one bag, two bags, five bags, however, that it might hit me a little bit more that, you know what I mean? Like, as in, I, I now that I can like physically see how much waste we create, um, oh, I might want to do something about that. Massively. I think there's a bit of an illusion here that, or delusion, depending on how you look at it, that the beaches here are really clean. And to be honest, they do a good job of making Dubai incredibly trash-free on the surface. You only have to take a drive into the desert to see issues that they face there. Yeah, I can remember. Have you been to Al Qudra, the lakes? Yeah, I, it was. I think they've done something, hopefully, in the community to kind of make it better. But I can remember people just people who've been here for a long time and those people remembered that when you went you took everything with you and then in the past recent past that is certainly not the case and it's it's just it's a garbage dump um, and that's not how it should be because Alcudra Lakes are one of our few kind of you know interesting places to go to. Lucy and I were at a uh, secret beach last weekend so we just wanted to go for a little swim and then do a 15 minute beach cleanup and as we came out of the water we saw the litter picker guy which was a bit of a funny one because you thought, oh, damn, he's beat us. But actually, you're pleased that he's there doing it, right? So I assumed that there wouldn't be too much. And within 15 minutes, we picked up. And it sounds a bit gross to pick up 100 cigarette butts. But you're standing in it, you're swimming in it. So we've picked up quite a bit of plastic cutlery. In, but it was, in all, it was, it was a fairly small yield. And I said to Luce, oh, it's quite nice, though, that the guy's been picking it up. And as we got back in the car, a 4 by 4 drove off. And they dumped all of their trash underneath their car. Like, it was a fresh bag of all takeaway and water bottles, wet wipes, napkins. And I'm not going to use coarse language here that I used at the time. But, man, you just think, you've just come from the beach. You've just had a nice day at the beach, I assume. 
either that or you hate the beach and you think I'm going to yeah. make it shit for everyone else. But yeah. The other thing I think for doing cleanups and understanding reducing any sort of waste, plastic waste, whatever, I'm not a mother and I'm not planning to be, but you have children and you think like for people who any culture cares about the next generation, why would you why would you want to make something worse for them or leave something worse than you found it? Exactly. And the other thing is as well, uh, I, you know, I have a I have a friend who absolutely loves sushi and thinks I'm crazy for why do you even bother with plastic waste? You eat fish, you idiot. Like, where, what do you think the fish that you're eating has got inside it? Every human now has plastic in their system. Save yourself the hassle and eat your plastic bag and rather than throw it away. I mean, not literally. It might sound funny, but he's got a point. When we come back, more on what you can do and Joe's own efforts towards a sustainable lifestyle. Welcome back. You're listening to CSR of One with Joe Swords. Joe's message is about making the right changes, however small. If the two million people in the city of Dubai refuse one bag a week, that's two million fewer bags in the environment, a significant impact. It's creating the awareness of just how pervasive plastic is and just reminding people that at every opportunity you have a choice. I think it's very easy for people to say, oh yeah, I know, but they always give you a bag. No, no, you took a bag. You, they, they might have offered you the bag, but you took it. I like that. I really, because I always bring my, I always have a bag in my car and I, the response is sometimes like one of, I wouldn't call it aggression, but I would call one of confusion. When you go to either load your own bag or to provide your bags and the person who is trying to literally trying to put a bag in your hand for one product, like it happened last week where someone I had, it had like one last thing. I was like, no, just shove it in there. And it was a look of like, but madam, why would you do that? And so it's not only trying to then educate the people you come in contact, but as you said, you're not being given a bag, you're taking a bag. Oh, I love it. Every, like, every action has a consequence, right? And that's kind of the message that you, that you try and get across through sustainable issues. Is that, and it's not about being perfect. That's one of the things that I think a lot of people think, yeah, but I, you can never get away from it, so why try? But you wouldn't say that about so many other important issues. You know, racism is something that has been a really important issue in, tac- in tackling in, in society in general, and which we still have a long way to go. But without wanting to sound cheesy, you know, you start with small steps, right? It grows and grows and grows until the norm has suddenly gone further down the track. So the norm in the UK is don't accept plastic bags for most people now. You take your own bags. Now, it's had to be legislation that's brought that in. But you don't have to wait for legislation. If it's not difficult to put bags in your boot, you can have two sets of bags. Do you know what I mean? So you can, it's not difficult. And it doesn't matter if you take the odd one, you know, you, it's not about being perfect. It would bother me. <laughs> I always, when, when um, we had pets, if we had a plastic bag, it would get reused in some way, right? So it's not, I won't call it multi-use, but it was more than single use. Yeah, I still, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I meet a lot of people who will say to me, yeah, but I reuse it as a bin bag. Yeah, but there are lots of other things that you can use as a bin bag or you could not have a bin bag. It's not, you know, people didn't have bin bags for thousands and thousands of years. And it also then opens a question of, and I, I follow some amazing people on social media who put me to shame. And that some of them have just finished minimize, hashtag minimize March, and they show the waste they created. But I sometimes making those small steps and just being aware of it, you realize how much waste you amass. So Lucy and I don't have fixed bin at home to try and avoid that. So we try wherever possible, and it, and it saves us time because we're, we are inherently lazy. 
we don't have to empty the bin and walk all the way through the greens to go and find the bin and then so because we only have a small little paper bag if we if we're filling something up we've compost all our food waste so what sort of future events what's kind of the end goal that with either organization um is it do, we're always working towards obviously a better future but are there tangible goals that you're kind of looking to meet so i think yeah personal endeavors first so for me it's about how i can get as close to zero waste as possible so our next step is we're going to start baking our own bread which is actually really nice because if you're baking bread the house smells amazing uh, and it's really delicious and it's cheaper and it is cheaper we've saved since cutting out plastic because you buy everything loose and you don't bag it we've saved we've probably halved our food bill we're we're so much more conscious of what we buy we also eat way healthier because it's plant-based um, and more varied as well so we want to get we want to get as close to zero waste as possible and then you can't go off grid here and i don't want to sound really hippie by saying off grid although i don't really care about that that sounding hippie if you know what i mean but i don't want people to feel like it's a really far off project it isn't so there are so many small things that you can do in your personal life. So our view is to get, right, eliminate as much waste as we possibly can. Start shopping and buying more locally, which is great because you visit more places and people and you, you get a greater buzz, I promise, from buying from a smaller local merchant and going out and having the conversation with people and having that sense rather than having a guy turn up and deliver it and then walk off and you cut it hassle to go in because you're establishing relationships in the community precisely it's how we can reuse and repurpose as many things as possible so lucy started sewing and we're saving so much cash so we're able on doing it so we're able to travel more we're able to do more activities that we enjoy doing and do you have in in especially let's call it back to plastic use are you on facebook groups is it just a personal thing are you kind of like because i know there are some groups out there that people can connect with um, I thought on Instagram, there are some really great people that I follow. So um, Extinction Rebellion are an amazing group to follow um, for what they do in the UK. It wouldn't, it wouldn't really be appropriate here. Um, uh, Sustainable Stephanie, I have to, she's amazing to follow. Um, it does tend to be a fairly female driven thing, which for my partner, she thinks that I'm just following babes on Instagram. <laughs> They make it look good, right? But they have a, they have an important message to send. Eco Bikini Girl is probably the most contentious. <laughs> but she's a fashion model who, with 140,000 followers who is absolutely ardent on these issues. She's so hardcore on them. And she calls out companies, hey, look, if she wants to do it in a bikini or a burqa or what, however she wants to, doesn't matter. If you've got a platform to address that, I'd rather that than she's promoting crazy fast fashion for the sake of making people feel rubbish about themselves. Uh, uh, like makeup, where the markup is insane and there's testing and there's all sorts of issues. And, and the mad thing about most of these issues as well that I see are that so many people who don't care are pet lovers. And you think if you love pets and you love animals, you have to by Nate, but you should really, in my opinion, love the environment. You can't, the one in, you know, humans, animals, nature, it's one and the same. Everything's connected. So you can't have one without the other. Do you know what I mean? You can't have anything without the planet. And animals are part of the ecosystem that we rely on. So if you love your pets and you're prepared to use products that are animal testing or that aren't sustainable, you don't really love your pets or your children. That sounds really savage. I see people here driving to great lengths to earn as much money as possible to put their kids into 
amazing education and buy them every toy on the face of the earth. And yet you won't make small changes to be more sustainable. And you think, so, so who are you really doing it for? Your own image to show off to your friends or what? Go out there and do something or, or just be, just start to become a little bit more aware. When you're going for a walk, you know, from where I live in the greens to walk to reform in the lakes for a few beers, you walk past two spots covered in plastic trash. My walk from the metro stop to the office, the building sites are covered in plastic rubbish. It's not just the beaches, stuff blows. So once you become more aware and you think where that ends up, you can start to think, okay, what can I do? Small changes can I make to avoid that? Um, the long-term vision in terms of a corporate level then is how can we as a business put sustainability not into just what we do, but how can we feed that back up the supply chain? So if you look at Perna Ricard as an example of a company that we work with, they have embedded into their growth plans now the, the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. So they committed yesterday to reduce, uh, to eliminate 100% of single-use packaging from their supply chain, which is an amazing, is, you know, this is a huge multinational company, you know, and some of this is great marketing. Let's not forget the benefits to business of, of talking about this sort of stuff. I would definitely seek out a company that takes it into consideration. And even if it was pennies or a dollar more, I'm going to feel good because I know it's either fair trade or, as you said, something in the supply chain has been changed. I think Bocker and DIFC... But Omar and Ricky at Boca have been on board with this for a while. They've listed wines from us for being sustainable. There is a wine that we've released locally for those people that do drink. Um, sea change. So they've used a really lightweight bottle. There's no capsule, which is the sort of foil or plastic top to the bottle. So the lightweight bottle obviously means less CO2 in transporting it. And then the, I think it's 20% of their profits go to ocean charities. And the label has a picture of a whale or a dolphin with plastic in its stomach. It's been, and those would be available. It's been really popular. And it's, it's a, I mean, we're sold out. We've had to like double our forecast for what we're doing. It's a really, really great success story. There are, there are producers and companies that we work with and do stuff with. We go to Grandiose as a there's a chain of small supermarkets called Grandiose where you can do refill. And I have to say, zero gravity, apart from on their ladies' day, where they're obsessed with giving people free makeup and other stuff they don't need. They, they are making steps. And they, I've seen them doing stuff with their staff on well-being issues. And that's the thing about small changes. Like, you look at, look at the greatest movements of all time that have advanced civil rights, whether it was the suffragettes, whether it was Gandhi in India. And like these guys started by just do the right thing. Do the right thing yourself and other people will copy you. Look at the number of people now. Everyone's jumped on the straw bandwagon. After speaking with Joe, I was more encouraged than ever to make small changes on a daily basis. I don't know about you, but I definitely learned a few things and can't wait to get involved in an upcoming beach cleanup. If you'd like to know more, you can visit azrakme.org or look up Zero Gravity on Facebook. We'll also have links in our show notes. I hope to see you at an event soon. This episode was hosted by me, Courtney Brandt, and produced by Chirag Desai. You can find all of our episodes on our website, amaya.fm slash one, and also follow us on social media. Until next week, remember to be nice out there on social media. Think about sharing something for someone else. Goodbye.